Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome in. Welcome back. Hour two here of Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito here with you. Talking Chicago baseball, talking national baseball Every Saturday morning, 52 weeks out of the year, right here on 670 The Score. And, uh, Bruce, we will be uh, joined momentarily by a very special guest. And that moment is now, Mike, as we are pleased to bring in the fine manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Great baseball guy. Just, uh, you know, a guy, if if you're ever sitting back and you, you have the time, you know, like 10 minutes to just chew the fat and talk baseball, there's no one better to do that with and our guest uh, Clint Hurdle who joins us. Good morning Clint, how are you? Good morning. You had me confused. I thought you were talking about my dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where you got it from obviously. You come from good places and and good baseball talk jumps up. Clint, uh, you know, you you look at your division and we know it's it's feisty, we know it's fun. Uh how how much better? How much fun is it for your guys and you when the entire division is as competitive as it is right now? It's going to sharpen you. It's going to make you better. Um, you uh, you have an opportunity to go match up every night, and the different dynamics of the game show up every night. You know, you get a different starting pitcher you get to face. Uh, there could be different bullpen options coming at you. You have the opportunity to do things differently. Um, to play at this venue here in Wrigley Field, I told my wife again last night ago, Carla, there's no better place to play a ball game. From my experience, the fans are intense. The renovations, I mean, it's still Wrigley Field, but it's better in some areas. Other than the clubhouse up here on the visitor's side, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's Project Z. And we Double haven't gotten Z. to Z yet. <laughs> However, it's still worth it to come here and, and work in the confines uh, that we have. But to go on that playing field at Wrigley Field where so many great players have played, Including yourself. Well, I'm not a great player by any means. I, I was fortunate enough to get to play here. But the competition, uh, the what the, to meet the demands of the game, uh, and to enjoy the ride along the way and see the talent, whether you like it or not, and I didn't really like it yesterday, to watch the left fielder hat make the three plays that he made. You know what? At the end of the day, you tip your hat and you move on. Right. Uh, you don't dislike him because he made great plays. You, you dislike the fact that the plays were made and hurt your team's chances to win. However, you tip your hat to the player. The one thing that I've always had in my pocket going through this ride from player to coach to manager is to respect the game, to leave the game, hopefully in a better place to things I've touched when I leave and walk out. But my memories here of coming here, man, it's a special day every time you get to play a game at Wrigley Field. Well, and Clint, it's funny, too, because I know a lot of people, a lot of Cubs fans and White Sox fans, for that matter, love PNC. PNC Park is one of their favorite parks. We have, we have a lot of people that make the trek, whether it's Sox or Cubs playing the Pirates. And it's funny for me to hear you as a, as a guy I, I grew up watching play and now, obviously, as, as a manager, still say the same things about Wrigley Field because you've probably been there a million times now. Yeah, I have, and it's never gotten old because, it's, I mean, it's actually gotten better. But the fact that there's days when I could come out here and I used to get to shake Ernie Banks' hand. Yeah. 
you know, I get to say, I used to get to talk to Billy Williams. I mean, back in the day, I got to talk to Ron Santo. I mean, Fergie Jenkins. Come on, for me, in my time, my time span, those guys were special guys. Now, trust me, PNC Park. Uh, right now, we don't have we don't have the people in the seats because we're not playing the kind of ball we need to be playing. But from 13 through 15, we're jamming that place in to watch the people come to the North Shore to represent. But we have a great fan base. We have a beautiful park in which to play. And when that sun sets over the right center field wall and you get to see that city skyline and play at our venue, yeah, it's special. It's significant as well. Um, the tradition and the legacy and the history you know, on the side of Wrigley right now just are very, very long-dated. Clint Hurdle, the manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates, our guest on Inside the Clubhouse with you every Saturday, 9-11, talking ball with you, the great Chicago baseball fan. Clint, um, colorful players respecting the game, uh, players from other countries that have a different vibe about uh, how they go about it. How do, how do you uh, size all those things up? We, we know, you know, we're not going to revisit uh, your comments from a couple weeks ago because that's unnecessary. We look forward on this show and in the game. But in general, respecting the game and also also respecting people from other cultures who I'm sure you played winter ball, play the game a little differently with a little bit more verve uh, when, when they play the game. How, how, do we, how do we slice and dice it? Well, number one, I played winter ball four years, which is uh, a substantial amount. Uh, if you talk to players, too, as a matter of fact, I think one of the greatest things that could ever happen, it won't, but could have ever happened, is every American player, every American ball player brought up here should go over and play winter ball one more. Agreed. To appreciate uh, what uh, the players from Latin American countries, what they get to, what they, where they get to perform, where they get to play, where they're grown up, where, where they're uh, appreciated, uh, the demands they need to meet over there as well. A different vibe for sure. Um, there, I, I think the one thing that I'll just speak about generally, the one challenge that always comes within our game is uh, performance versus behavior. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can lose sight of behavior based on performance. But it's okay, and it's just not the way I was raised. It's not the way that I was taught the game to play. And obviously adjustments need to be made as you move forward. And but I still think there's a learning curve that's applicable. I think there's a teaching curve that's necessary. Um, and at the end of the day, I think everybody that plays the game inherently gets to that point at some time in their career where the name on the front of the shirt absolutely means something. The name on the back is the family they're representing at home or away from home. And the fact that they get to do it at the level they get to do it financially, professionally, should be special and significant. Those are just the things that I keep in, in play that I try and make sure that you keep an eye on. And in situations with, with our team here and where our standards stay for individuals and for groups, those are the things we talk about, representing the name on the front, representing the name on the back. Also representing the game that young players are watching play. Right. What kind of behavior would you like to model for an eight-year-old kid to watch and say, you know what, wow, that's really cool. You want to watch a player play? I don't, there's a couple of players that I would I would pay to play. I mean, watch my kid play. Right. Ben Zobris is one. Right. And you know what? There's days, as I said this the other day, Javi Baez is the best player in the big leagues on certain days of the week. Hmm. There's no doubt about it, man. Are you kidding me? And I do believe that that young man's going to grow in. He's growing right now. 
Um, so we're all works in progress. And we're all, I do believe, uh, fortunate enough to get to do what we get to do in the game of baseball at this level. Wasn't it cool, though, that one of his own teammates actually grabbed him after that, that thing and said, hey, this, this can't be about you, my friend, uh, and, and that you didn't hit a home run. It, this, is, this is a team game. And that, that's what you expect from pros, don't you? Well, you know, and I'm not aware of that because the one thing Jimmy Tredinich will tell you, my guy here, Jimmy reads the press. I don't. Mm-hmm. Best advice I got back in 2005 from Bobby Cox. Yeah, excellent. Don't read it. Don't listen to it. You're there for the interviews. You know what you said. How people write it or where somebody wants to take something after you've said something and present it to somebody. Hey, here's what he said. You can't control that. Right. I can't control what other people say, think, or do. I know the context in which I speak. I know the posture I carry when I share thoughts. I know the inflection I use when I just want to make a point. I don't need to rant. I don't need to rave. I, I've also shared there's a great group of men over there in leadership positions, players, coaches, and the manager that take care of their own families. I get that. At the same time, I don't think any of us need to keep score too many times in society right now as well as sport. It's about being liked. I believe it's more important to be respected. Um, I mean, every time, I guess, in the social media now, you got likes or dislikes, right, with every column that's written. Right. How many times are you going for a like or how many times are you just trying to, to tell somebody the, the truth or report a story? Um, I do think it's cool that we have a generation of players still active today that are help growing players up. And I tell you what, there's another guy over there that I watched pitch in 07. I'm still watching pitch. He's going to pitch today 10 years of 30 or more starts. John Lester. Yeah. Do you think there's some wisdom in that cat? Yeah. Do you think there's some leadership in that cat yeah. over there? There's some guts, too. You got uh, it. Guts, grit. Grit's one of the words that we, we don't use enough. And when I use it, it is one of the most glowing terms of endearment I can share with anybody when I talk about somebody that he has grit. John Lester has grit. Zobrist has grit. There's a bunch of other players over there, too. They're a really talented team. No, and we point out, too, Clint, we talked about this a lot on, on this show and certainly throughout the 2016 World Series run. John Lester, for all the, the publicity and, and, you know, deservedly so, a lot of the guys on, on the Cubs get, that John Lester free agent signing really was the spark and the key that really started all that just because, I mean, you just, you know, laid out all of the uh, accomplishments of John Lester and what he brings to the team. There's nothing more, for me, admirable than a player. No more admirable ability than his dependability. You know, when a guy walks out of the dugout, when he takes his position, when he comes out of the bullpen, the door swing open, you know what you're going to get. Um, that, those are the players I hunt throughout the league. Look, I'm on the back. I'm not even on the back nine. I'm on the back three holes in my career. <laughs> hey, and one thing don't I do scare every me. night. Yeah, don't every, scare me. Every night when I go out there, I look at players on our team. I look at players on our team. Who's going to carry the torch? Who is carrying the torch? And some of the younger players because they got some so talented, very good young players over there. We've got some here. Those guys, they could carry a torch. Clint, uh, in closing with you, and Mike and I really appreciate your time, and thank Jimmy because he, he's the guy that makes it all happen for us all the time. He's a great guy. When you, uh, when you look at your club right now, you lose a great player like McCutcheon. You lose a great player like Cole. But does that also help? Uh, embolden and empower your other players to just more be themselves and create new leadership among your team because of the fact that you don't have to look at one locker or another to see how they're comporting themselves. Well, it very well can. And I, I think, I think that in and of itself, 
when you lose a, a staple of your rotation, a huge staple of your, your organization, um, what it does is it makes players stand back and go, okay, what's next? Well, you know what? I'm part of next. I am part of what's next. Um, and it, I also believe it gives young players the understanding that to grow, you're going to need to fail. Um, too often, I think, in society and in sport today, we want to catch everybody before they fall. And I'm a big believer on letting them fall, blooding a lip, banging a knee. There needs to be some understanding of disappointment and failure to appreciate improvement and victory. And I think through that process of us moving two really talented players, it also settled our guys saying, okay, look around. There's 25 of us going to take all 25. It's not, oh, it's gonna, he really needs to do good, and he really needs to do good, and the rest of us will help where we can. No, we all need to bring our little lunch pails to work every day. We all need to show up. We all need to get a little bit better every day. And our team has taken this on. We're in a hard spot right now, but the league doesn't care. And that's where minor guys Right. There's so many people that are glad you're not doing well. The other of them, you know, the other of them don't care that you're not doing well. So let's, let's play. Thanks, uh, Clint. Thanks for making our show more interesting, a little bit more intelligent, and more fun on a Saturday morning, okay? You're welcome. Have a blast. All right. Thanks again. Thanks, Clint. Take care. Clint Hurdle, the Pittsburgh Pirates, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. Uh, a provocative, interesting, fascinating guy, Mike. And uh, when we can get a great talker who's not afraid of subject matter on this show, we're always going to do it. I, I agree with this wholeheartedly from the 773, uh, from Crazy Dave. I got to say, Clint is making me like him more, LOL, because I know a lot of stuff, you know, gets blown out of proportion yeah. that you, you see sound bites, but you don't actually hear the whole I, discussion. I mean, we, we get to hear from Madden every day. We get to hear uh-huh. from Ricky Renneria, two great bo- baseball guys, good personalities, uh, you know, Madden, a great personality. Clint is, he's, he's got no one that, that's more personable, more uh, provocative or interesting than him either on a daily basis. That is a guy I would love to sit in a bar with and, and have a few drinks with. Uh, that you, you'd converse, have to do it all night. That, <laughs> I, I, would, I would struggle through it. That uh, ba- uh, discussion with Clint Hurdle brought to you by the Chicago Wolves, who are making big plans for their 25th anniversary. Get your season tickets now and receive exclusive benefits. Visit ChicagoWolves.com or call 1-800-THE-WOLVES. 312-644-6767, your reaction to what we did with Clint yeah. Hurdle right uh, there. It's interesting. You know, he 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 did, you know, didn't, uh, you know, the problem he had with Baez, called him the best player in the game. Yeah, called that him jumped the, right out. I it? mean, what he loves about the Chicago Cubs, Ben Zobris. Guess what? In about 15 minutes, we'll be able to talk to Ben Zobris. You'll be able to hear from him right here on Inside the Clubhouse. Is Clint helping program our show? He sh- we should he do is. this every week, I think. I think. You know, and, and, and again, <laughs> uh, White Sox fans, we'll hear from you anytime you want as well. 312-644-6767. Better pitching for your Chicago White Sox. The Cubs on a roll right now. Uh, arguably the best team in the National League as they roll toward a meeting after this weekend with the Pirates with the Milwaukee Brewers up in at Miller Park. That's going to be some uh, not not to miss baseball coming up this uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Your calls when we come back. Uh, we'll discuss what Clint Hurdle had to say about Javier Baez and about Ben Zobrist, and then we'll talk to Ben Zobrist at the bottom of the hour. It's inside the clubhouse here on The Score. And we're back inside the clubhouse here on 670 The Score. Bruce Levine and Mike Esposito here till 11. It's great to have him. Fun every Saturday, just 
talking to the great baseball people, talking to great Chicago baseball fans, talking to you, Mike. Uh, this is and you. This is a good time, and we do it every Saturday now from nine to eleven. And that was a fun interview. It was great, uh, great baseball discussion with Clint Hurdle, baseball lifer, a uh, guy who played in the seventies and the eighties. He's coached and managed since then, and a really fun chat with the pirate yeah. skipper. Right, you know, there. Uh, when when I talk about you know doing the show every week, and I, I sit down sometimes with Mitch Rose and we talk. He said, you know, the 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 biggest names aren't necessary on this show. He said. People want to hear from you and Mike talk baseball, but when you do have a guest, have a good talker on. Have somebody that can communicate that seems to enjoy the give and take, and it's it's always been good advice. The idea that hey, you don't want a name that's just going to give you two word answers. It's not going to serve your audience very well. They're not going to get much out of it. Somebody that enjoys you know a little discourse is is what you want. And we're two for two so far. We've had Shields and Hurdle, Ben Zobrist uh, in a few minutes. So stick around for that. Quick reminder, the Cubs on Deck series kicks off Monday, June 18th, uh, and it's not a bad little guest list. Javier Baez and Ian Happ will be your guests at the Budweiser Brickhouse Tavern in Wrigleyville. Dan Bernstein, Connor McKnight will have it for you. It's next Monday, the 18th, presented by Azek Building Products and Xfinity. Tickets on sale now at 670thescore.com slash on deck. We have the baseball draft this week. Uh, the White Sox got somebody they feel is not that far away in Madrigal. Nick Madrigal, uh, shortstop, second baseman, a guy, a leadoff man with some speed that uh, they're going to put at Class A right away. And, uh, you know, this is uh, this is pretty interesting that uh, he is uh, going to uh, go to Class A, probably Winston-Salem right away and start off. Uh, the Cubs got themselves a middle infielder as well, and he's he's looking like a player that they're trying to tr- uh, project uh, down the road as more of a power hitter. He's only had four home runs this year, Mike. But uh, you know, talking to Jason McLeod, the vice president of scouting and player development, they think that he is going to be somewhat something special as well. His name is Nico Horner, and uh, same or different spelling, same pronunciation. Uh, many moons ago, Bruce, you'll remember. former Braves great and rookie of the year, Bob Horner. I I saw this the other day, and, man, it made me think. Bob Horner was the top overall pick in the draft. I believe it was 1978. Immediately went to the major leagues. No minor league stops. And then immediately started hitting home runs. So certainly... uh, Did you uh, say he's a relative of... No, I said same pronunciation, different different spelling. spelling. Yes, yeah. So Bob Horner is one of the few people, as you mentioned. uh, There's only... In baseball history, there's, you know... In recent vintage, at least, I can tell you over the last 45 or 50 years, there's only a couple. Dave Winfield, uh, mm-hmm. another guy, you know, coming straight out of um, Minnesota, University of Minnesota, being drafted by all uh, three sports yep. uh, in their drafts, uh, coming straight out and playing for the San Diego Padres. So, uh, again, uh, it's it's pretty interesting, you know, the fact that uh, – Every sport, like the NBA, NFL, their draft, fans can stay really close to it and go, hey, you know, he's going to play for our team this year. Yeah. With baseball, it's like, all right, you have your draft. We may or may not see this <laughs> right. guy again ever. Uh, so let us know. And that's why it doesn't get quite the near play that uh, NFL and NBA draft get. And correct me if I'm wrong, and this kind of ties into present day, didn't Chris Sale come up the same season? He spent, like, Six weeks in the minors. Did he not do that uh, and come up and pitch relief? I think that so. First in two thousand and ten, I believe. I believe that was the case. But it's a very rare thing that you see the guy the same year as he's drafted. Right. Uh, you know, the, what what we see now with the more progressed player is they sign 
they play the rest of the summer uh, at Class A. They come up uh, the next year like Chris Bryant. They're ready. They dominate, uh, but they keep them there for one season just for getting them ready. And then, then you see them eight games into the next season so they can protect themselves against having to pay the guy a little too early. We'll talk to Ben Zoberst in a few minutes. Uh, in the meantime, we're talking to you at 312 644 Out to Bridgeport we go, and Joe is up next on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, Joe. Hi. How are you doing? Hi. Hey, listen, I got a question for you. Beginning of the year, we heard a lot of tra- trading in the last season. We heard trading of uh, a player. Because they got him for time for this year and next year, am I right? That's correct. Okay, well, they got to give – if they let him go into it uh, – is all, you know, is, um, what do you call that? Free agency season, Free agency. Yeah. yeah. Won't they lose a lot of trade ice? Shouldn't they yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to trade, yeah, you're right. You know, Joe, you're right. I mean, Thanks, if they're going to trade them, it, it should be now, Mike. I, I don't get the feeling that uh, they are going to trade Abreu. I, I believe that at one point, and I think, you know, certainly they'll listen to people that come to them at the trade deadline this year. But my, my gut tells me that, the way that he's responded with this young group of players and the fact that he's so consistent and so good and still only 31 years old, that there's an extension down the line here for Jose Abreu with the White Sox because he's the, the kind of guy that you want to put on the cover of your media guide or your baseball yep. magazine that the fans buy because the fact uh, that he is uh, consistent, he is terrific with young people in the clubhouse, not just the Latin players, but everybody. And uh, he's he's doing his best to accomplish learning the lingus, English language as well. I, I should try that myself. <laughs> it definitely helps in our profession. Uh, and yes. it strikes me as he is a guy that is certainly a favorite of ownership of that front office. Uh, if I'm a, a betting man and I'm not, I, I'm saying that Abreu is the only guy, the only veteran guy that's here two years from now, three years from now, when this White Sox team is hopefully contending. And, and which leads me to one more question uh, Avasiel Garcia, we have not seen him this season. What uh, what do you know about him and his comeback? He uh, told reporters yesterday he is going to Charlotte, AAA for the White Sox on Tuesday to start his rehab. He hasn't played since the uh, end of April, Mike. It's it's going to be a while. Yeah. It's going to be by the time he gets back, two months with a grade two sprain uh, strain of his uh, hamstring. So uh, cautiousness is uh, the name of the game now when it comes to baseball. Minor injury, is no, there's no such thing for minor injury anymore. A guy like uh, Darvish right now, we're waiting for him to do more than mm-hmm. play catch. When he goes out, he's definitely going to have to go out on a rehab start. Uh, we haven't heard a timetable for him throwing yet. So from that perspective, um, you know, once he starts throwing bullpens, we have a better idea. I don't think he's back till July. No, I was just going to say, today is June 9th, and as we look at this, based on the timeline that you just laid out, I'm thinking all-star break earliest that, that yeah. we see your Darvish come back after that, yeah. and and we'll see how it goes. 312-644-6767. We'll, we'll be chatting with Ben Zobrist momentarily here. Bruce, a, a few texters with uh, some other guys who went straight from the draft to the pros. How about good old Pete Incavilia from uh, the right. Texas Rangers? And I uh, think it was uh, originally drafted by the Montreal Expos. Okay. I don't know if he... Um, I remember Texas I think, Rangers. I think he came up with Texas. I, I don't know if he ever played for the Astros, but uh, I think there was a trade involved or some type of movement there. Yeah, but that's another one. And Mike Leak, uh, starting pitcher now in Seattle, but for the Reds, uh, according to this texture, went from college to the majors. I do not remember that one. 
Don't remember that one either, but we'll check it out. But it, it's an interesting phenomenon. It's something that doesn't happen every day in baseball where you, you come there and you're successful. I mean, you know, a guy like uh, uh, Horner, you know, mm-hmm. tremendously successful career. Winfield, Hall of Famer, you know, all, all those things just coming straight out. Uh, a guy in the in the 40s by the name of Joe Nuxall, who became a great broadcaster for the Reds for right. many years, pitched at 15. Isn't that crazy? 15. At- during the during, during the, the war, uh, the yeah. Warriors. Yeah. Uh, we need to take a timeout. We'll talk to Ben Zobrist coming back, and our discussion brought to you by Northwestern Football Coach Fitz and the Wildcats host Michigan, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Illinois, and more this fall at Ryan Field. Season tickets on sale now. NUSports.com. Looking forward to chatting with Ben Zobrist next here on the Score. Back on Inside the Clubhouse, Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito here with you on a Saturday morning. Every Saturday morning from nine to eleven. Please join us uh, talking baseball. And we'll talk baseball with Ben Zobers of the Cubs in a matter of minutes. Until then, talking to you, 312-644-6767. We go out to the north side first, Bruce, and Shoelaces is up. Hey, Shoelaces, good morning. Hey, how y'all doing today? All, All right. time I'll talk. I know. Always good to hear from you. Your score original is Shoelaces, Mike. He goes back way, way back into the way back machine 26 years ago. Right, Shoelaces? That's right. One of the first callers. Absolutely. What do you got on your mind today? Oh, yes, Bruce. I want to know this. On the Cubs, what do they have in their minor league systems when it comes to pitchers? What kind of prospects we might be seeing in the next year or so? Okay, I'll fill you in. Uh, Alzale is the name that you want. Adbert Alzale. That's Mm -hmm. the name you keep your eye on right now if you're a Cub fan. He's a right-handed pitcher. He's, um, you know, I talked to Jason McLeod, the head of uh, minor leagues and scouting for the Cubs last week. I said, is he ready yet? Is Already. He says, we like his progress. He's at AAA. There's still some things he's working out, but not quite ready yet. Um, you know, again, if the need is there at the end of the year, maybe he will be, Mike. Uh, have lots, of, sure. lots of other good-looking young players coming through right now, but he's the closest. He is the closest. He is uh, the most likely guy that you're going to see. You'll see your David Bodies and whatnot coming up from Iowa. Uh, we've seen some some uh, bullpen arms. You've seen a Luke Farrell come up. Right. Uh, you've seen Mazzoni come up. Uh, those are guys that you know play a big role. I mean, we've we've seen it the last few years. Well, uh, you know, uh, in that bullpen, the, the Cubs brass don't get enough credit for fortifying that bullpen on the run. A guy like Rosario that they picked up, mm-hmm. he's I forgot he's about been him. Yep. he's been fabulous for them. Left hander getting left handers out. Uh, that's that's a key to winning during a season. It's not the eight bullpen guys you start out with, Mike. It's the other six or seven you have to use during the year and whether they get the job done or not, and the manager knows how to, how to use them. And I absolutely do not intend to jinx him, but uh, for the people who are questioning whether or not Brandon Morrow could close, uh, he seems just fine, doesn't he? Yeah, seems to have picked up right where he left off. He with does, the but, I mean, year. you know, again, he's a guy that's going to need some fortification. Uh, Joe doesn't want to use him uh, three days. A trade uh, down the line, you know, keep your eye on, um, you know, Kansas City and where Herrera goes. Kansas City has a worse record than the White Sox. They're going to trade their veterans. Mustakas and Herrera are going to go. Herrera is a terrific bullpen guy. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cubs eventually look at Herrera and go, you know what? This is the guy that's going to not only help us win another World Series, but get the rest that we need for our bullpen guys who have they're on a pretty heady pace. A lot of those guys are a lot of pitching, 70, yeah. 70 pitch pace at this point. Some of them are 80 at this point. C-Shack. They've pitched, pitched a lot of games. Let's uh, sneak in Ted and Wilmette before we talk to Ben Zobrist. Hey, Ted. 
Yeah. Good morning. Hi. Oh, yeah. Let's see. What is it? You were talking about players that came to the, uh, the big leagues uh, without any farm system. And Blackjack McDowell, when he signed with the White Sox, it was stipulated in his contract that he had to be a September call-up. Yeah, he, 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 was, he was. You're right, but he he did uh, he did pitch in the minors. But you're right, uh, he was a pretty quick ascension to the major leagues. Yeah, well, you mentioned uh, say, uh, sale the same way, so mm-hmm. I figured the you know the same thing went. But uh, uh, McDowell was good in his September call up. He was lousy in his second year, and by his third year, he was stabilized. Yeah, he was a Cy Young Award winner. Thanks for your call. We appreciate Thanks, it. Yeah, the uh, the 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 jump i guess and i'm i am uh uh pretty sure that chris sale did make that jump as well first year he pitched in the minors briefly though uh, a 512 texter and actually i i would like to know the answer to this too what about eddie butler where when are we going to see the the red-haired just red-bearded have not, have not heard a lot uh, you know they i think he's progressing but we haven't heard any timetable for eddie and uh you know again fortification of bullpen having multiple guys that can get the job done more importantly a manager who knows how to handle people, and more more importantly, Mike, not what to expect from guys. In other words, putting them in situations that they can be successful. That's the key to bullpen guys. That's the key to managing in the major leagues these days. Three one two six four four six seven six seven is our number. A few uh, uh, other thoughts, Bruce, as we wait uh, here for Ben Zobrist. Uh, we talked briefly about Theo Epstein. He was on with Bernstein and McKnight th- this week. We talked with him uh, about how the Cubs, based on numbers, or he said that the Cubs should have another four or five wins based on their numbers, the the issue, uh, as it has been, runners in scoring position. We had not been driving the ball at all with, with runners in scoring position, and you just want to make sure that it's, it, it's not baked into your approach. You, you get pitched differently with the runners in scoring position. Everyone knows that, and so you have to be prepared for it and have a, a really sound approach with runners in scoring position you know you have to feel as if the pitcher is the one with the pressure uh not not you as a batter uh going up there with runners in scoring position um and and i think our guys um are working on it as the season goes on you're going to see our performance runners in scoring position start to reflect our overall talent there's no way we should be last in the league and in, in slugging percentage with runners in scoring position last in important performance characteristics. I don't, I don't think it'll last. You know, you're going to, we have, we, we get more guys on base, more guys in scoring position than anyone else in the league. That's going to translate to a lot of runs and a lot of big hits. And, uh, you know, again, uh, the disappointment of hitting when people are in scoring position, it's, it's not that easy of a game, Mike. I mean, again, when you, when we're so numbers driven in sports and baseball in particular, now that you go great on base percentage, Great, uh, you know, run production, you know, great run score. But, you know, hitting when men are in base, it's, it's so subjective, especially when you consider, you know, late in a ball game, you have guys coming in blowing at 98 miles an hour, people getting in scoring position. That, that's what the managers do. That's what they have these eight-men bullpens for. You know, up until two years ago, there were seven-men bullpens. Now you got eight men in the bullpen. The managers are doing with less guys on their bench for positions because they know they need these matchups at the end of the game to keep the game tied, keep it in place so they can move on. So it's much more difficult to, to barrel up a ball late in the game when you're, when you're seeing 98, 99 and, and guys are uh, multiple guys. We saw the Phillies come in 
this week, Mike. They're, they have four guys throwing 97-plus. Okay? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the walk-off granting by Jason Hayward was on a 98-mile-an-hour fastball, right. right? I mean, that's yeah. I mean, so, turned it around. Again, so it's it's great that, you know, you uh, you want these guys to do things at certain times. Much more difficult to process. An 847 texter, and I know you tweeted about this yesterday, so I'll, I'll let you uh, have at it. An 847 texter asks, when are we going to see Drew Smiley? Well, that's a great question. I'm glad you brought that up and glad he brought it up, or she. Uh, I saw Smiley yesterday throw a 25-pitch sim game. Russell was in on it, too, uh, testing his hand to make sure he's ready. Is he in the lineup today? Did you see He is in the lineup today. He is starting. So so Russell was in there to get his work done. But Smiley, who was signed in the offseason to a two-year deal, uh, knowing that uh, after his surgery he wasn't going to be here till July or August, is going to be ready pretty soon here to go out on a rehab start. They expect him by July or August to be available. And a lot of people are talking about him in the bullpen. I think he's going to be a fortification of the starters. That's what he's been most of his career. He has pitched in the bullpen. This is a left-hander that gets people out. Uh, when he comes back, you're going to see a guy that's thrown 95 you're going to see a, a great changeup and breaking ball and great presence out there. So this might be the guy that the Cubs add at the end of the year. Instead of a trade, they have a guy like this ready to fortify if somebody is not pitching properly or somebody is injured or continues to be injured. And Bruce, we, we've gone almost the entire show with nary a mention of Mike Montgomery, who continues, including yesterday, to pitch well. We're all spoiled by uh, Montgomery. <laughs> oh, yeah. We seriously are. I, I, I mean, mean, it's here's a guy, you know, uh, who, who uh, popped off in the offseason about, hey, uh, I'm a starting pitcher. I threw 14 games for you guys. I'd like some consideration. This is before the Cubs had signed A. Chatwood. And then, short memory, you Darvish didn't sign until February 12th. It was very late. It was, it was a couple right of days before, before spring, spring training. training. Yep. Right. So you're in a situation where um, Montgomery wanted a chance, and uh, the Cubs, to their credit, said, you'll get a chance. We respect you. Uh, right now you're our sixth starter. You're our swing man. And, uh, you know, it's it's great. You know, he's got three starts. He's got a 1.10 ERA in those three starts. Yeah, he's, he's been in two games already. He's been huge. and uh, He's doubled Darvish's uh, win total so far. And speaking of huge uh, contributions to yesterday's win, we're uh, thrilled to be joined uh, by one of our Chicago Cubs. Absolutely. Ben Zobris, nice enough on a Saturday morning to take some time on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Ben. How are you? Good morning, guys. I'm doing great. Yeah, I appreciate it. I know it's, uh, there's no one busier as far as time management goes, Mike, than Ben Zobrist. Uh, has that always been a part of your DNA that you have you have a big plan for a day and you're pretty organized about how you go about it? Um, a little bit, you know. I mean, I I I, I don't really sit around too much in the clubhouse. You know that. Um, I'm always moving. I always have something to do. You know, I consider. I mean, it's work, so I consider it like if you're working, you're working. You know. Um, and there is times we, sit, we need to sit down, take a little, you know, breather and maybe grab a bite to eat or something like that in the middle of it. But um, when I get up, I'm on the move again. So today they added into to my routine when I just walked in a, a drug test. So I just that's where I just came from. So that kind of pushed, you know, pushes everything uh, a little tighter. 
Did you study for it? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, if I, if I did, it must have been last night. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't realize I was studying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ben Zobris is Chicago Cubs joining us in Inside the Clubhouse. We had Clint Hurdle, the manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates, on with us earlier, Ben. And uh, we talked to, to him about some of the players he respects the most, the players that do things the right way. Take a, take a listen to Clint Hurdle on Inside the Clubhouse. And uh, that's uh, quite a compliment from the guy in the other dugout. Um, it the, is. The wow, idea cool. that, well, but you've earned it. That's very cool. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't, I, I think that some of that, um, you know, obviously it, it, you know, it takes years and years to, to just try to get into a routine where that kind of stuff is just part of the, it's just part of the way you do things, you know. Like, I don't even think about it. It's just kind of the way that I go about things. A lot of that's, like he said, it is born when you're like eight years old. You're playing, you're playing, and your dad, your parents, your coach, they they make you play the game a certain way, and and um, it just becomes just part of the way you do things. So, um, I mean, I think that competitive nature um, always keeps keeps a little fire under your belly, you know. Um, no matter what, no matter how long you played the game too, which which kind of keeps you on your toes. I say, tell people all the time, like. The reason why I do things the way I do, I think, a lot of times is because I realize that there's very little margin for error. You know, I just don't have as much margin for error, maybe as super talented guys. But I think that the, you know, there's there's so many great players out there that you know, you, we're all just trying to keep up. <laughs> well, it, Ben, you're certainly holding your own. I mean, come on, you're, you're batting third in in a uh, very powerful lineup today. And I wanted to ask you specifically, though. Because you uh, have now moved down to three after leading off and having some success there. And, and you know, the old, uh, you know, singles hitter Chris Bryant is up there uh, leading off now. And just part of uh, Joe's lineup roulette, I guess. Yeah, you know, I've seen that m- many times over the years where he, he wants to get a guy going. Feels like he's not going the way that, you know, that pl- particular player wants to be. And so he'll he'll put him up there in the front and just basically... Um, you know, lead him off, and, and somehow that that kind of seems to get him going at various times during their career. And he did it with Rizzo last year a little bit, doing doing with KB now. I'm sure once you know KB, you know you know gets back to where he feels like he wants to be. You know, he'll probably be back at at third again or at second or third again, or however they want to you know shake the lineup up. But yeah, for the time being, I wasn't wasn't too surprised. He do he does that quite often. Hey, uh, what's wrong with uh, Brian leading off and you batting third most of the year? I mean, here here's a situation where, you know, you have George Springer, you've had Blackman doing it, uh, home run hitters that do an awful lot of things. Uh, KB does an awful lot of things, including get on base like you do. Uh, w- would it be so terrible that if he let off all year? No, I mean, nothing's wrong with that at all. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 you know, I think part of it is, um, you know, just getting used to it. I think I think that's the toughest thing about leading off is getting used to, you know, being up there at the, the start. And and you're going to get five at bats every game. I mean, there's there's pretty much no doubt about it. You know, when you're leading off, so your 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 bats come just a little bit quicker every time. You know, you're batting in the first a lot of times, the second. You know, almost every time in the third as well. So, you know, it's just kind of uh, it, your bats just keep coming at you. So I, I think. Some of that helps you not think, kind of helps you kind of just do what you what you do up there. And and um, you know, I I don't think there would be anything wrong with it if he if he stayed there. But I, I don't know if he prefers that. I haven't talked to him about that. You know, it's kind of some of that's just how our lineup ends up working really well together. 
Um, you know, and, and, you know, we, I, I have no doubt that even if things were going really well, Joe would still shake the lineup up at different times. He just, he does it. He yeah, he gets does bored, it. doesn't he? Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Chatting with Ben Zobers here on Inside the Clubhouse. Uh, a few more minutes on the score. Uh, and Ben, you guys are one of the hottest teams in the league. Uh, yesterday's win, uh, 10 of your last 12. And uh, I think a lot of us expected this. Certainly the talent is there, but, you know, it was a, a very uh, up and down start to the season. Is that just one of those things, weather, different uh, cancellations of games, never able to get into a rhythm that, that you guys were going through? Yeah, it was tough. The weather was tough. The schedule was, was weird. You know, it was tough to get on a roll. Um, we just were getting canceled a lot and delayed a lot in our games. And, and you know, it's always different at the start of the season anyways. It's tough for anybody to get in their groove in April. It just takes a while, I think. Some guys start out hot, but, but there's not a lot of players that are, are just, uh, you know, going to start out hot and stay hot all year, you know. So most guys start out a little slower, and then they start getting hot in May, June, July. You know, you kind of see a little bit more of their normal streaks kind of come out. So I think as a as a team, you can see in the last, you know, couple weeks, certain players, um, you know, all of us kind of, you know, clicking a little bit better together as a group. Um, whereas maybe in April, it was like just Javi was like the, the guy that was really clicking and, KB was pretty pretty good too. I was doing all right, but we just didn't have the whole group as a, as a collective group, um, you know, kind of clicking. And now that's kind of what you're seeing a little bit more offensively. And then, obviously, our pitching has pitched really well. So they they've been keeping us in low scoring games and giving us opportunities to score late and and win late ball games. And, and that's kind of how good teams end up end up working together. I think. Ben, we appreciate you taking some time out. Uh, you're always a gentleman, and it's fun to watch you play. As uh, Hurdle said, and as uh, as your own manager said, uh, you know this is an example here of a person, a player, and also a guy that always has great at bat. So it's always fun catching up with you. We'll see you in the uh, in the clubhouse later today. Well, thanks, Bruce. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on, and you, you're too kind to play that clip for me too. Now, yeah, well, now I have now now I have to respect Clint Hurdle that much more. So <laughs> I appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks. Have a great day. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Ben. Okay. That is uh, Ben Zobris right here in inside the clubhouse. And we have people to thank. And uh, let's start with Zach Withers, who's done such a terrific yes. job uh, for us uh, here doing, running this show, bringing back that great sound uh, all day long. So thanks to him. Also, our guest today included uh, Mr. Zobrist, Clint Hurdle, the manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates, we also were uh, pleased to be able to be joined by James Shields at the White Sox as well. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. Also, I write on our great website, 670thescore.com, White Sox and Cubs every day. Mike, have a great week. We'll see you next time. Absolutely, and uh, enjoy your uh, trek out to Wrigley Field, Bruce. We will talk to you next time. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Espo670. You can also stick around. Here on The Score, for the next hour and 45 minutes, leading right up to Cubs-Pirates baseball, I'll be joined by Steve Rosenblum, who's sitting there staring daggers at me from the production studio. He will join in for some Saturday suckage coming up next here on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.